Welcome to Through the Corporate Glass, a podcast that explores career choices. Hi everyone, I am your host Deepa. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about technology in enterprise IT. What factors influence their choice and how a career in technology is going to look like. To talk about this, I have with me Febi. Febi Thomas is a principal enterprise architect at GE Healthcare. He is passionate about technology and has played many different roles in his career, starting off as a programmer to now defining the technology strategy. More importantly, he's a good friend who always makes time to answer my questions. FAB, glad to have you with us for this episode. Hey Deepa, my pleasure too. So Febi, tell us a bit about how you started your career journey. You know, I think I'd go back a little bit more to my college days. But as I got into computer science as a field itself, it was kind of, if I may say, not extremely pre-planned. There were a few interest areas that I used to get into and few things I knew I would not get into. Things like, you know, medicine and stuff like that. (laughs) (laughs) So it was more like choice by elimination. I started my career in Java, but that's, that's again, an interesting choice of chance. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We um, joined to TCS to start my career, of course, had a good training in Trivandrum and you know, on the last day, they're like, hey, all computer science, electronics people, you need to be sent to Bombay. We've got a big client there. And you guys are most wanted out there. Like, wow, privileged. Let's go anyways. I wasn't too keen of going to Bombay, but then I thought, let's explore. And I decided to go there and landed up in TCS, ODC on day one. And the... Um, the delivery manager comes out of the ODC and looks at us and like, hey, I asked for only 15 people that do electronics. I don't want computer science people. They made us wait in a conference room about a couple of hours later, the HR comes in and says like, hey, we've got about 15 people sitting there. Like goes about pointing fingers. You first five, one, two, three, four, five, you go to SBI. The next five, one, two, three, four, five, you go to Thomas Cook, South Bombay. Another five, you go to... ICICI. That decided the foundation of my career, believe me or not. <laughs> so, Febi, when you say all that, I so relate to it. Even I started off as a Java programmer. They just came and said, you guys come here. You all go. <laughs> <Java>. <laughs> exactly. But I... yeah, I think looking back, those ICICI girls, guys became mainframe experts. SBI guys went into core banking and we in Thomas Cook were Java. I think if I were asked, hey, if you were given a choice, would you probably take a different path? I don't think so, because those laid real good foundations for me, at least the way I see it. Those mentors are people who I don't forget even today. True. See, one thing that stood out as you were speaking about your journey is very often we start off with one technology when we start our career and somehow you continue on that that becomes the foundation of what you do so that brings up my next question for you if you look at enterprise it how does that technology choice happen what are the things that influence technology choices yeah it is driven by quite a few factors i would say 
and the the very first one or rather all these factors kind of come together to create what is an organization strategy or direction so let's talk of a few factors you know you would have heard of hey this organization is a microsoft soft shop they buy everything from microsoft hey, this organization is an ibm shop although i think off late things are changing people are diversifying into multiple but i would say at least 6 years ago 10 years ago this was like a hardcore thing that hey uh, that that is a sap shop that's an oracle shop then they buy everything from that particular vendor and why why was that done uh, the foremost reason there has been cost so you can never define a strategy for an organization without keeping cost in mind because you at any place there's no infinite resources so that's one of the key factor and when they do such mega deals with one vendor they get huge ongoing cost reductions right and the second factor is your maintainability of your landscape how diverse it is you need that many more people how much streamlined it is you would need that much less people and your ecosystem is less complicated yet people understand each other components in the overall enterprise so these i have seen as sometimes are some of these critical reasons and then there are sometimes the turning points in the enterprise once upon a time everybody was purely mainframe based organizations and then when they are deciding to switch over some of them have gone the dotnet asp microsoft route some of them have gone the java and offlet java and related technologies and offlet things are merging together irrespective of java or microsoft you have common front end technologies javascript is used everywhere nodejs is used across so so things are converging i would say but in the past there were few of such factors which included maintainability the overall cost to the enterprise and what what works with the rest of the things in your ecosystem was that a, a winding answer <laughs> no no it was fine in fact you know that brings some other uh, point also into the frame the make versus buy debate right if you look Absolutely. at enterprise it most of it is we buy so how do you think that plays in into the scheme yeah i think it it does play in quite a few ways and we both have had this brief debate in the past as well i feel make makes sense in a few scenarios one is that there is nothing out there that can meet your need in full shot or even if you buy something from outside and that needs 80 85% change then it doesn't make sense to do the buy part of it why don't you go to the make part of it the other piece is that you are doing something which is extremely proprietary it's your ip it could be your algorithm it could be your uh, way of selling online a lot of e-commerce companies although there are foundational products people have built things ground up to right to cater to that ip and their local needs buy comes in play when we have what we call as either commodity capabilities that we want to buy for example a crm application in an enterprise what does a crm application do it helps the organization sell to its customers 
through various channels how and track those channels how do i do my marketing get the leads from the leads how do i convert them to opportunities from opportunities how do i convert them into order how do we define a process around this now this doesn't need a brand new invention it's out there it is proven there are solutions globally people are using and it can get you up and running very fast so time to market of that capability drastically reduces when you go with a buy option and that application doesn't need reinvention of the wheel then why not go ahead with the buy and if you look at the enterprise it landscape and typical domain of any business organization what all do they do they do sales they do marketing they do otr order management they do post sales services right right and these are big functions engineering these are big areas where now there are established solution providers and these processes don't have that much of an ip within it it is primarily to streamline your business process and there are by applications out there it it it's always quicker to market and overall total cost of ownership is also low when you go with the buy approach in such cases definitely i know everything is a function of cost and time and you know when i started my journey here i knew cost always played a role but the extent to which it impacts that is something i experienced you know with more number of years i spent in this path i realized so oh, cost has even bigger impact than i realized absolutely absolutely yeah yeah even same here when i started off development i never used to wonder about cost right but <laughs> as in when you proceed with your journey in the industry or even in your company you start understanding the certain standards and guidelines are there for what reason and you know in today's world cost can never be ignored at all right it's <laughs> nobody has deep pockets and it's, it's an extremely important priority and it'll come up every time and this is a message i have for a lot of architects who at times assume that hey architecture is all about technology and the best out there should be there here with me i need to have the best standards i need to have the best architecture but uh, guess what you always need to keep the bigger picture in your mind as architects you are not just technology focused people as architects you have to look at the enterprise and the total cost of ownership how how much value it adds so which is a good point febi so let's talk about you know what are the skills that people would need if they were to work in technology in enterprise it now i did uh, hear one of your earlier podcasts and i'm going to borrow from that with uh, <laughs> the one you have had with vinod and uh, i remember you guys talked of various levels from your beginning in the career to mid career to senior roles and the skills need to continuously evolve as you go there as you are in the beginning of your career the aspect that you need to go deeper and deeper is the technology that you are in you try to become an expert in that as much as possible you keep going deeper you understand how you can do things the best way in that technology area right so if it is java object oriented programming you understand applying every single design pattern out there 
you try to find opportunities to keep applying them you understand the language constructs to the best detail you you, you can to you understand the next level of details right how does that language work the performance improvements so that's the focus area that i would say people early in your career should do and as you progress a bit more start looking on your ecosystem right on the on the out outside of your immediate application hey what are the other applications i'm talking to or this application is talking to why is that inter integrations or interactions in place what is the business process around it so this is a phase i would say you go from core technology expertise to also building up a bit of the domain mm. building up a bit of the breadth in terms of okay what's next around me that i need to start understanding now what is that role of that other adjacent application how does it affect the functionality in my application so how do you start widening your area and understanding the ecosystem is important as you go to the mid levels i consider this in my own area as an example that and i find again myself lucky that after the core java experience i've had i shifted into the domain of integrations where i explored a lot of enterprise service bus solutions developed a lot of solutions on the integration space and that was an amazing learning personally for me to understand this ecosystem so i took this is an opportunity that hey if somebody comes and tells you integration don't ask them give me mapping <laughs> ask them what is it for what business process does it affect let mapping be the last thing that you ask so use those as the opportunity to learn about the business domain a lot it is extremely important as you go on to the next level of senior leadership the other critical skill as architects you need to pick up is communication non technology it's communication and i've seen myself as well as many technologists struggle in the space and when i say communication not just verbal or simple communication it's also about how do you interact with your stakeholders and as you go up in your career your stakeholders seniority also increases you start talking to business leaders general managers executives you need to know the language to talk there listen and understand what they are coming from where they are coming from and asking those questions and finally influencing and articulating your ideas your thoughts in a way that the stakeholder community understands and you are able to direct them in the right direction to be able to understand if you are going you are coming from a certain approach or a strategy or an architecture what is the reasoning behind your approach and how does it benefit them what is the business value they get so that's the three stages i would say as as you progress what are the key kind of skills that you need to pick up for sure lovely summary if you know two things i totally related to one when you said when it comes to integration don't start with mappings <laughs> <laughs> that happens all the time you go to someone and say see I, this is what we are trying to build and immediately they'd be like give me the mapping right <laughs> exactly <laughs> that i know and the other part about communication is key when you transition from talking to your core developers and tech leads to the wider audience in the organization you have to start articulating the impact of your technology choices and describing the tech itself right absolutely i know that there is a gap there or what i would say learning curve there which is much higher than 
the other uh, transitions True. that you make True. Just uh, one thought came into my mind. You know, there's this phrase called peeling an onion, right? <laughs> Here, I would say the reverse of it, right? Wrapping the various layers of onion. So as you pick up these skills as technologists, we cannot forget that we need to be in touch with technology all the time. Right. So that's one thing we always have to be. Otherwise, you will very soon become obsolete. You, you, you can, that's your forte. That's your depth area, right? Constantly be in touch with that. When I'm saying add these skills doesn't mean leave those skills, right? Because every few years, that area is changing way faster, <laughs> <laughs> right? And if you don't get an understanding of that, then, you know, soon your team will be like, hey, what is this guy talking? <laughs> <laughs> I know. So, I know we spoke about the skills, but if you were to give a quick summary of how a technical career path looks like in enterprise IT, right? Let's talk about that. That's a pretty interesting topic. And I have seen a couple of variations of that. And, you know, if you talk, I like to compare this with a pure play software product industry or things like that, right? Hmm. The standard example that kind of given, at least when I was... Uh, coming up in my career was also that, hey, look at Sun Microsystems. We have such senior uh, programmers in Sun Microsystems and they are experts in their field. They do what they do, right? I'm just kind of bringing that up to highlight that technology career path within itself also has quite a few variations possible. Now, switching gears into the enterprise IT side of the world, there may not be, at times you have a feeling that there may not be that much that you can grow into, especially if you want to purely continue to do programming or coding. As, a, as we were talking about the ecosystem, the understanding of the landscape and grow into the enterprise architecture kind of a view, there is tons of scope in an, in an enterprise IT, IT kind of an organization. So you do need to kind of make that choices for yourself. Hey, are you, and there are some people who like to be pure into development, developing other products as well. And there are people who like to get into the other aspects that I mentioned into the architecture, into the organizational strategy and, and aspects in that view also. So within technical career path, there are various options that we could start looking at. But typically, to answer your question in an enterprise IT kind of view, the, the way I have seen it work is a lot of people do pick up the initial technology career path um, to become initial, uh, designers. And they also get into the management route. Again, personal choices, right? What what interests you the most, What like, what you like doing. But if you do want to stick within technology as well, I see that as definitely possible. You have the path going in from your own application domain, your hardcore uh, coding development to the to the next level, which is designer level. Then you go into the application architecture. Then you go into solution architecture, where you're looking at the ecosystem landscape within your domain. And then you go into the enterprise architecture, where you're looking at the enterprise-wide functions and application landscapes, right? That's the kind of... Uh, journey, I would say you can go into a little bit of technology management as well. And I, I would say that 
we as technologists should not shy away from that. I myself was an extremely shy person when it came to people management or when it comes to uh, management in general, I was like, hey, I want to stay away from management for a long, long time. But then, you know, thankfully, there were people who were pushing me to get to the right limits, not for the reason of I don't want to do or there's a barrier like that, but more from the perspective that, hey, it is now also the time that you start giving what you learned, right? And that's where that people management is important. You start managing a team. But even while we're managing, you don't have to go away from technology. It is like working within a technology architecture team, guiding them in the right direction, having them develop or build their careers in the right right path as well. So that's the way I see flow because then you can pick up roles of director, director engineering, director technology and things like that to go further higher up. What do you think people should be prepared for when they choose a technical career path in enterprise IT? I think the way I have tried to gauge it and understand about it is that always try to look inward at yourself and understand, are you loving what you're doing, first of all, right? That's an extremely important piece. Are you passionate about what you're doing? If at any point of time you feel that, hey, I don't seem like having fun coming to work. I don't look forward to the day I'm going to have. It's probably time to think again and see what's next for me. But if you are having that fun, if you are getting the right opportunities where you can continuously learn and you enjoy and you're passionate about it, I would say don't look back. Keep keep looking forward, right? But never get into a state where you you start hating what you do. That's extremely important. And uh, the reason I'm just trying to reflect on that piece is because you need to be in check with yourself to understand the, the, the path that you want to take. Because if you continuously love what you're doing, you can continuously evolve the direction that you, you are taking and the career is guiding you to as well. That's one key takeaway that I would ask of people. And to be prepared of, I would say, be prepared to be open don't have biases against technology, against function, against domain. In every area, you will continuously learn something. And in every area, try to explore how that area can be improved and what's the next best thing that can be done incrementally in that place. If you have that energy and that passion to go into that kind of exploration path in every area without biases, the learning opportunities are amazing and I'm pretty sure, you know, you will reach up to a point that every such area that you explored adds up to what you want to do. It adds up. It all will make sense at one point of time when you look back and say that, hey, yes, thank God I got that opportunity. I can make sense of what I'm understanding or solving for the business right now. And that's where the the domain part, whenever I was referring to the domain, the functions within the organization, 
that's extremely critical and that's a piece that that is a never ending learning as well so yeah continuous learning is a, is a key here right right oh thanks sebi for your time this was a nice conversation as always i enjoy talking to you it was honor <laughs> that you invited me for this deepa but yeah I, as always yes we do have some interesting conversations i think sometime somebody should do a session with you deepa because you are the tech expert that i go to typically <laughs> we have a, think of a topic where i can be a host for you <laughs> definitely febi i would enjoy that <laughs> perfect all right thank you febi thank you Thank you for listening to our podcast. Do send us your feedback at throughthecorporateclass.com and follow us on Twitter at corporateclass. You can also email us at feedback@throughthecorporateclass.com. We'd love to hear from you.